Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is mosaic shaman, Christy Elling. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Elling. Welcome to the garden today where we're going to be having conversation about life's pitfalls. We're going to be talking about how to avoid those pitfalls that happen in life. I I went up today to the pool and I was swimming and before I got into the pool I saw that there's a dove that had gotten stuck in the pool. And so I got a net and I had a long uh, cord, like a long handle on it so it didn't scare him and I put it under the dove and I got it out of the pool and it sat there for a little while before its wings got dry and it flew away. And it reminds me of how we get stuck sometimes and yet when I came up to the pool, the dove was trying desperately to get out, flapping its wings around. The more it flapped its wings, the more it got wet, the more it was unable to fly out of the pool. And sometimes it's what happens to us. We, we get into these pitfalls and we have these things that happen and we try to flap our wings to get our way out of it on our own without reaching out and getting help from someone else. If I hadn't come up to help the dove, it wouldn't have been able to get out of the pool if somebody hadn't been there to give it a hand. And that's how... The pitfalls in life can be sometimes. We we need a hand up from someone else to help us get out of what we might have got stuck in. I mean, if you've been there somewhere where you've gone somewhere you knew you shouldn't be and then you're there and then you're praying to your God source to get you out of that situation. If you could learn not to get in the situation in the first place, it might make life easier. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the life, life and its pits, the pitfalls of life. So... Um, we're going to start this session out like we do all of them with our meditation, our schematic prayer, and our connection to becoming. We do this meditation to get grounded. We do this this um, grounding breath. It's more like a grounding breath. Um, you can call it a meditation because we're quite in the mind. At the same time, we're giving it new thoughts because we change our we change our story. We change our life. So we're we're giving new thoughts and stories to this moment. So I'm going to ask you to take your position wherever you are and put down whatever you're working on, and just take this moment to be with yourself, to go into your breath because the breath is the is the breath of life. It's what gives us life, right? And so often we're breathing from our chest. We're not we're not even giving a full breath to anything we're doing. So whenever you're feeling stressed or you have anxiety come on, which affects the breath, a lot of people can't breathe when they get anxiety. So it's it's good to stop and breathe deeply. Breathe into the belly, allowing the belly to get soft and then exhaling, allowing it to relax. Put your hand on your belly and feel it as it fills up with air and then exhales to relax and as we drop into our breath we ask our body to relax we ask our shoulders to relax we invite our arms and our hands we invite all of our body to relax at this moment all thoughts of what need to be done coulda, shoulda, woulda been done we're going to ask that we just put them to the side Telling the brain we'll get back to him after the hour is over. But right now, in this moment, this is your time. Your time to connect with your higher self in your garden. So I'm going to ask that you go into your garden, open it up, your heart, 
with your breath, going into that place where you feel connected, some place in memory where you felt safe. You can go into the memory of a garden, a place in nature, or some time with somebody you felt totally safe with. Bring up that memory and allow yourself to be there right now. In that garden space, we can grow seeds of understanding, seeds of enlightenment. In that garden space, we can grow. We can grow from the beauty of life. And in that garden space, we can open our heart to love. We can hear our higher selves in the direction that our higher self is asking us to go. Because when life goes 100 miles an hour, you can't listen to the direction or the things that will bring you closer to your enlightened self where all things are possible. Because all things are possible if you're willing to change your story, change your life, letting go of what doesn't work to have what does by walking through your fears. And that's what we do here together. We bring faith, hope back to a planet that needs it right now. The understanding that all things are are possible all you have to do is take the steps towards it and that's what we're learning about and in this garden place you can hear the messages of your higher self this is what it means to go deep to get a true understanding of what you are meant to do and your purpose here life's pitfalls looking at things that have blocked you in life how many do you feel you, you could have avoided? How many of those things that got in the way or stopped you could you have changed? Um, as I reflect back about what's gone over the, on over the last year, and I was talking with my videographer about this past year of our lives because amazing things have happened. I've been on the radio here with you a little over a year, and I want to thank all of my listeners that have been here listening and growing here in the garden because it's been a very special time. We planted a lot of seeds, we pulled a lot of weeds, and we've talked about change, and we've made changes. And as he and I were talking about the changes that have gone on in 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 our lives together in this last year, um, since I've been on the radio, um, and since we started Healing Art Productions, and we started this Healing Art Productions, and it's a video tour that we go around and we video people that are changing through art. And we've been able to grow from that and see the growth that they've had through doing video. And one of the major things we see in our growth is the ability to walk through our fears. And we interview people on the video that are walking through their fears or, and in doing that and teaching others to do that. You know, I had never hosted a radio show before. And neither of us had made a film. So we really didn't have any experience and all the teaching behind us to do this. But we were inspired to do something new. And we had to learn a little bit from the school of they call hard knocks. Because we um, we did have some pitfalls. There were some things that didn't work and there were things that did. Um, there were um, things that we learned from this trial and error. And we are still learning in different ways. And one of the things I learned was to go out and get a mentor. And I did that partially 
half, maybe halfway through the radio, I needed to get a mentor on where I was moving forward in life. And that helped. It helped a lot to have someone there because a lot of things were not working the way we had hoped. And that's how your life can be when you try to do it on your own, like reinventing the wheel. When you can go out and ask someone who's done what you're doing how to do it, it made it a lot easier. And I can tell you that from our own experience. There was a lot of money that was lost in website design that we had um, – we reached out and asked and looked around. We would have found the people that could have helped us with that. And once we did, things came together better. So um, there are steps that need to be take, taken in moving forward. And there are steps to be taken in moving forward in your life. And being willing to say yes is one of those steps. And knowing when to say no is another one of those steps. And that discernment, that ability to discern between when to say yes and when to say no is where we were just doing our meditation. It's when you can get quiet and sit with your higher self and you can sit in that place that you can hear. Will this move me towards where I want to go or will this move me away? Will it grow me or will it slow me? You know, certain things will help things grow in the garden. Certain things will not. You know, uh, if you spray certain things on your plants, it's going to kill them and other things will help them. So... It, you know, it was all new, and everything was new, and we were trying to figure out how to do things from a place of new, just as you do. So when you're changing your story and changing your life, it's going to be new, because everything is new. It's not something you've done before. You, it has to be new, or you'll be in the old pattern of creating over and over again the same thing that you've been doing and getting the same result. And that's one of the pitfalls, is to, to just keep throwing good energy into a bad idea. Sometimes you've got to know when to drop that idea and move to something else. If you have a focus and a direction, you'll be able to see which will grow you and which will slow you. Having a focus and a direction as to where you want to go when you move forward. Because all sorts of great things are going to come to your way when you're willing. When you start on this journey to say, I'm letting go of what's not working, I'm going to step into what is working, all sorts of good things will start coming your way. And at first... You know, there's a temptation to say yes to everything and all of them, which can lead to overwhelm. And I'm talking from experience because when all these things started showing up and things I didn't know anything about and opportunities to be on the television and the radio and opportunities to do the film and write a book and all these things, I said yes to every one of them. And they were good things because good things will come to you and they're, they're good things. But at the same time, you have to know the focus to where you're going. It wasn't that any of these things at all were bad. In fact, it was hard to say no, like I said, because they all looked so great. They looked really good. And not having a plan, and when you don't have a plan or a focus, it'll lead you to some choices that will be costly. And I'm not just talking about costly financially, but physically and costly energetically. And, and that was kind of what was happening. My energy was scattered so far out that I couldn't bring it all in together. And you may feel like that sometimes. So when you step into these new things and these new ideas, be willing to look at which ones are going to move you towards your goal and your focus. So find out what that is. The reason a lot of people don't get what they want in life because they don't even know what it is they want. So once you're clear on what you want and you have that focus, then you can discern between which one of the good things coming at you will move you towards it and which one needs to be put on the burner for later or maybe won't even move you towards it. 
Like I've said before, it's really easy to choose between a bad idea and a good idea when good, good ideas keep coming. And they do when you get on the path. A lot of good ideas come. Then you've got to discern which one's going to move forward. And it soon became apparent that we were scattered. Instead of building a ladder that went upward, because if you can take all your projects and they lead you upward to that goal that you're going for, then you're climbing up. It was more like a a lily pond, and we were jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, trying to figure out where we wanted to be. And that sometimes is what you do. And if you can love yourself through that and say it's okay that in the beginning you may not know what direction is going to take you up, so you may jump in from one thing to another till you get focused and come back, and then you realize that that also was a learning part. So it's not about beating yourself up. It's totally about forgiveness and understanding that that maybe this isn't where you want to be right now, but you can build upon that. So these pitfalls that show up may be teaching opportunities as well. So to move upward in a ladder, um, to be able to go forward with ourselves and not be all over the board is called balance. And we were lacking balance, and we had to find that balance. And I remember the conversation we just had a couple of days ago. We were saying, you know, Christy, everything that you've done and everything you've worked for now will lead you into the story you're writing. And now I can teach people more how to do this. You can't teach someone how to do something you've never done. If you've never fished, how can you teach someone how to fish? How can you teach someone how to fish if you've never done it? You can read books about how to fish, but if you really don't know how to do it, then you can't teach them. And I don't want to learn how to fish from someone who's never fished. I had a friend who was sharing a story. Um, she was in, a, in a, an addiction group and, and a meeting. And one of the guys came into the meeting, a speaker, and he was speaking to the group. And he said, I've never had an addiction. I've never been in that place. And I don't know anything about it. And I can't even relate to it. But I'm going to tell you how not to get into addiction. Now, most, you know, for her, she went, why would I listen to him? He doesn't even know what I've been through. And then he went through and said, you know, I met these couple of people a couple nights ago, and they were having a party, and they were all drinking, and I invited them to come to this meeting, and they're not here because they're, they're home suffering a hangover, which serves them right. Now, that's a, not a thing to say to someone who's going through addiction or gone through that because an, an addict doesn't want to be where they're at. I can tell you that I don't want to be there. So that's an example of someone teaching someone how to fish who doesn't know how. So when you're going out and you're learning about pitfalls, it's good to go to someone who knows how to get you through that. And that's what I do as a life coach at soulhealerspath.com. I help my clients work through the pitfalls and, not, and to learn to avoid them and to see them and to have the discernment between the yes that's going to get you focused towards your goal, where you want to be, and what to say no to. And that's what I do at soulhealerspath.com. I'd love to help you change your story and change your life and guide you to where you're going. So when we got looking at this and we found balance... We had to let go of a lot of some things. Um, we, we, did, we decided not to grab onto everything because at the beginning when everything looked so good, it was like grab onto everything and hang on to it and hold on to it forever, which it seems to be another pitfall. If you hang on to it forever, then you're not open to growth to the new thing that may be coming. And this is a little like eating everything you see that looks good and then holding it in. You know, if you do that, you're going to end up constipated, right? So you can be constipated and blocked by holding in all the food. So when you are doing the same thing, when you grab everything and hang on to it, 
not wanting to let go of it and let the new flow come in. So let's not get emotionally and let's not get energetically constipated by a- being mm-hmm. able to move to new things. When you do this on, a, on an energy level, you stop the flow of creativity. If you find yourself pushing forward and just pushing through life, it's best to stop and take a fresh new look at life. See your focus. If you do not have one, then create a focus. That's the most important thing. Write it down. Make a vision board. Get a map for your life. If you do not know what a vision board is, then you can go to soulhealerspath.com and read the blog that I blog about what vision boards are and read about it. I work with people to create vision boards and focus and achieve their goals. How do you know how to do this? How do I know how to do this? Well, I learned from other people. I learned once from myself. I learned to get focused. I learned to do healing art productions came about and the platform for the Women's Broadcast Network television came about from us doing video. And that is one of the things that we started to create video. And then we found a platform for that video because it became a place for us to show our videos on healing art. And it became a place of growth. So we didn't just keep hanging on to what was, what we thought was the direction. We were open to new directions because all things are possible. When you change your story and change your life, walk through your fears, letting go of what's not working, and have what is. These are the people that walk through their fears and have let go of what is not working to have what does. These are the people who grow. The people that walk through their fears, the people we're interviewing on Healing Art Production are the people. So when you go and you look at the video, you see the people that have walked through their fears, have let go of what's not working, and sharing with you, and we give them a platform to share that, their stories with others. We are taking the production company on the road and videoing people using art and healing because when you become focused, you will know the next step to take. Some of you are waiting to know your story and and they are waiting to know what next step to take and how to avoid those pitfalls and that's why at soulhealerspath.com I teach that it would be so much easier for me in the beginning to have had a mentor in the very beginning to have had someone who would show me the way to go who would show me the next step to take and today my guest Antoinette Kurtz is just that person. She helps others avoid the pitfalls of life. And I'm going to bring her on right after the break, and we're going to talk about that. She's a book developer, a publicist, a media coach, and the founder of La Jolla Writers Conference, which is an inexpensive, intimate gathering of people that that are learning to write. And she's putting that together, and she'll talk to us more about that. But she is somebody who helps people avoid the pitfalls. So stay tuned, and we will talk in just a moment with Antoinette Quartz. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. 
Healing with art is Christy's focus. At soulhealerpath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. What's your purpose on the planet? Are you ready to make jumps to pursue your passions? We often make excuses, but it commonly leads back to fear. Sharing our stories provides an opportunity to learn lessons and leverage pearls of wisdom that we gain on life's journey. We'll help you push through the fears that hold you back from empowering you to experience pure love and live your life's purpose. Tune in to the Beth Bell Radio Show Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the garden where we're having conversation about the pitfalls of life and the ability to avoid those. My guest, Antoinette Kurtz, helps writers avoid the pitfalls and predators in the uh, traditional and self-publishing world. She teaches the art, craft, and business of writing. Welcome to the show, Antoinette. Thanks for having me. Well, it's so fun because it looks like you have taken the art of storytelling and took it into publishing. Can you tell me a little bit about what the, um, what, how you did that? Well, your start, how you got your start? You know, a long time ago, I started working at Barnes & Noble. Um, I had had an accident and was, was recovering, and I thought, oh, I want to recover among books. So instead of teaching, I went to Barnes & Noble and became a bookseller. From there, I became a community relations coordinator and planned their events and got to know lots of authors and had a very successful program at our store and then helped a lot of authors over the years. And then one day a major author walked into the store and said, I've heard about you and what you do for authors. I'd like you to be my publicist. And that's how my business got started. And a couple of years after I started my business, I saw that the industry was going to change dramatically and was on the cusp of really huge changes. 
and became a book project manager as well as a publicist and then started the La Jolla Writers Conference. And I've been doing this now. I've been in the book industry in one way or another since 1994. Wow. It sounds like you said yes to something new, something you hadn't done before. I did, and I did it in a time in my life that was very, very stressful and very difficult, and I firmly believe that um, whatever you believe in God, the universe, whatever your belief system is, when a door, when a door, they slam a door on you, it's because you need to go in another direction and you need to leave your heart and your mind open to see what that direction is going to be. Oh, I love that. When a door closes, be willing to go the other way. I. You know, when uh, I hear about people that that um, keep trying to force that door back open and they get stuck there, and that will just take your energy so fast. So being able to be flexible with the flow sounds like helped you. Oh, hugely. Absolutely hugely. Um, and and it opened a whole new industry to me, and I love what I do. And I, like I said, I've been doing it now for 23 years. I loved teaching. But um, this combines, for me, it combines teaching and books, and, and, um, and I love it. And I love putting on the La Jolla Writers Conference. And there isn't anything I do in this industry, and, and this past year we've started publishing books. So there isn't anything uh, that, that has come about that I haven't really enjoyed with it. But as to the pitfalls, you started out by talking about the pitfalls. The industry yes. of publishing has been democratized. It's especially, you know, self-publishing has been around since the 80s, but it became acceptable in the early in the early part of this century, really acceptable to be self-published. At the same time, an awful lot of of people hung out shingles as editors and agents and book designers and um, co-authors, and you name it, there's a shingle out there for it. And there's no licensing for it, and there's no necessary training for it. So you've got a lot of people out there. Um, the worst case, yeah. worst rescue case we did was someone who spent $350,000 getting his book published, and the second worst was someone who spent $100,000 getting a book so, published. So where do you go? Where do you go to um, to get help with this? Because if there's everyone's got a shingle and you don't know it, who to choose and who you're not, and, and I, I can relate to this because I had this thing happen with my website. You know, I everyone had their shingle out, and I was like, oh, I just trusted everyone. I went out and trusted everyone, and it ended up costing me about $12,000 to get a website. <laughs> oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, all the different things that were happening and someone would go so far and they didn't even know what they were doing. So how does somebody who, who wants to, we, we want to talk about how they can get published, but we also want to talk about the stories that people have inside that they, they may not even know they have to publish. So let's, let's go back just a bit and then we'll come into this because I want to talk about that. But let's go back to kind of the beginning. Does everyone have a story to share? Most people have a story to share. Who you're going to share it with is is what needs definition, but and how you're going to share it. Not everybody is a writer. There was a um, there was a survey back in in I think gosh it's about ten years ago now. It even appeared in the New York Times that said that over eighty percent of Americans feel they have a book in them. Most of those people will never write a book because it takes discipline to write a book. You need to actually put your bottom in the chair and write. And you need to set aside time to do it. And you need to believe in yourself. And a lot of, you know, 
I may have great, I'm never going to be a writer. I have a million stories to tell, but I personally don't have the discipline to sit down and actually write a book. Well, then some people do, they do that form of writing, they write it, they think their story is really good because it's, it's good to them, they like it, but it doesn't always mean that it's good to the public, that it's well, not going to be accepted. So how do they know, <laughs> how do they know if their story is of interest to anyone else or not? First of all, a lot of people write a story and they think, okay, now I'm done. I've written my novel. I've written my short story. I've written my, my nonfiction work. Um, and, you know, they get that first draft done and they think they're done. The average book that you read from a very successful writer, someone who's had 10, 15, 20 books published, still goes through at least five edits before you see the finished work. There Five. are no great wow. writers. There are only great rewriters. So it's not a one-time thing, and that's when you're talking about the discipline because somebody may say, oh, I wrote this really great this great um, story, but then when they have to tear it apart and redo it, because I know a lot of people will get stuck not in just in their story in life, but in the story they're writing. They're like, this is my story. It's perfect. I don't want to change it. Do we need to be flexible as we're, if we're going to write a book and we want to get our story out as well? The most graphic thing I've ever said about a, 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 a work like that is I've, I'm plotting through a manuscript where someone vomited on the page. Everything they had to say in the world came out on, that, on those pages. And then it's a matter of cutting it down. Um, Mark Twain said, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter book. Meaning, <laughs> if I had more time, I would have edited it down further. Oh, okay. Um, the key to writing, the, the key to great writing is editing. And first you edit yourself, then you hook up with a really good editor. And it used to be that if you had worked on your manuscript and produced a really clean, well-edited manuscript, and then you went to a publishing house that or an agent, that agent would then give you notes on the manuscript and have you hone it more. And then when it finally sold to a publishing house, they would assign you an editor who would work with you to hone it even more. But it's not like that anymore. These days, you need to edit, edit, and re-edit your manu- manuscript before an agent will even take it on. It's got so to with, be almost complete by the time it gets to the publishing house. So with the self-publishing going on, when everyone can just write a book and then they can put it out and have someone print it out themselves, are we getting top-notch books out there still? Or are people just, because they don't even have to care if there's an editor or not, right? They just put their stuff out there. And I, I find, is it is it turning out kind of like some of these um, public medias where we get to, to have conversation where people use that to dump their garbage on? Because you're just saying, you know, a lot of people will take their book and just dump all their their anger into that. Yes, and then you have publi- a lot and of publish- you, have, you have a lot of cathartic books out there. Um, and if that's what makes people happy and they're spending a small amount of money to upload them to um, create space or to Ingram Spark, that's fine. But they can't expect those books will ever really sell. If you want someone to be, so long as you are just writing a book for yourself and your family, you're simply a writer. The minute you want anyone to buy into that book, whether it's an agent who's going to represent you to publishing houses, whether it's the publishing house itself, whether it's the public or a buyer at a bookstore, no matter who it is, as soon as you want someone else to buy into your book, you're also in business. And you've got to be able to wear 
your writer's hat and your business hat. And for writers these days, when I started the La Jolla Writers Conference, I sat a batch of people around my dining room table who had taught at the more prestigious conferences in the country, and I said to them, I want to start a conference that covers the art, craft, and business of writing. And, so writing is, um, the writing is a business. Writing is a business. Because writing is a business. And everybody okay. laughed at me and said, writers don't want to learn about business. And I said, well, they better learn about it because it's, it is changing so quickly that if they don't learn about it, they're going to be in big trouble. Let me give you an example. It has always been that when you get a contract with a publishing house, they can keep your book as theirs. Your rights don't revert back to you until your book goes out of print. Well, books used to go out of print. They, because of, of print-on-demand and because of e-books, books never technically go out of print. So if you sign a contract that says you get your rights back when that book goes out of print, you're never going to get your rights back. You have to know enough to ask in the contract for the rights to revert to you when book sales dip to a certain point. So, so is it hard to find honest people in the world of publishing? Because it sounds um, like there's some things that you, have, you need to know. You have to know what to look for. You have to know that a book cover should not cost you five thousand um, dollars, or you're going to, or somebody's going to charge you five thousand dollars for it. My favorite um, cover designer charges anywhere from eight hundred and fifty to seventeen hundred dollars for a cover. And hmm. and we've had self-published books that went on to be picked up by publishing houses, and those publishing houses kept her covers there so good. I see. So to having, going out and, and knowing some things before you proceed forward, is that one of the things you teach so that people don't get caught Absolutely. in these pitfalls? Not just to jump in and say, oh, I've got a story, and away I go. And and I, I will be honest, on the radio, I kind of did that. I just jumped in and said, i got a radio show, and then I had to find a web page. And because I didn't do the research that's why it cost me so much because I didn't take the time to do the research. So let's talk about that. The, 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 what is involved if, if you want to be a good author? What are the steps that you need to take? First of all, you need to write the best, possi- best book you can possibly write. You have to hone your craft. Um, you can take classes. Most universities have extension courses. Um, in almost every area of the country now, there are writers' groups. There are even online writers' groups. Join a writers' group. Number two, go to a really good writers' conference. And that doesn't mean spending um, you know, $7,000 and going to the tropics for a week. It means look at who's on staff at that writers' conference. Are there people who have been successful in their fields? Are there successful agents representing um, agencies? Are there successful authors, New York Times best-selling authors? A lot of people go to conferences only so they can meet and greet agents, but you can often get much more support from successful writers at a conference. So we always stack our conference with a lot of successful authors. Because they'll blurb your book, they will turn their agents on to you, they may even turn their editors on to you. Look for a conference that covers the art, craft, and business of writing because you better understand the business, including the timeline to publication. You know, a lot of people will self-publish a book. The minute they finished writing it, they get their 
their cousin, who's a graphic artist, to design it, which is mistake number one. And then they upload it, and they've got a book out there. Well, none of the trades, which means the the magazines, um, the publications that librarians and teachers and and the book business itself reads, are going to review your book if you don't give them at least four months with an advanced reading copy before publication. So there's a whole bunch to know about the timeline to publication. It's all very simple. There's no smoke and mirrors to it, but you need to learn it. And is that what you do? You teach people how to, um, to look do. for those things and know how to do it? And um, is, is that what you do at, the, at your um, conference? And would you tell us the yes. name of the conference, the La Jolla Book it's Conference? the La Jolla Sorry. Writers Conference. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A because we're in California. Okay. Um, at com. Is that the reason you started this conference, is to be able to help people make better decisions about what they're doing in the writing world? I did. Um, I had been teaching at Book Expo America and at Publishing University for a couple of years, and I saw what was going on. And then I had a couple of rescue clients, and I thought, people really need to learn what's going on. They need to be kept abreast of what's going on. For example, just in the last couple of years, there are now print-on-demand systems you can use that allow you to have your print-on-demand book in bookstores. Could never do that before. Um, but it all depends on the discount that you put down for the book when you put it into the system. There's all kinds of things to learn, and we make sure that people know that. We are unique in that we are a pay-it-forward conference. This isn't an income stream for anyone. Our, even our keynotes fly themselves into San Diego, California, and nobody, nobody gets a paycheck from this conference. Everybody donates oh. their time. You don't hear that very often. So the pay it forward movement of, of doing something because you're, it's your desire and, and love to do it, that's really um, inspiring. So tell me, where do people go? When is the conference and how do people find out about it? This year it's October 27th to 29th. It's in La Jolla, California. And um, it's $395 for the weekend. Um, wow. Yeah, and there are over. Yeah, that's really good because I don't know if people have looked into this, but there's conferences that are three thousand, thirty-five. They go way up, so that's really nice. Um, Yes, it is. How how are you are you able to do that because these people volunteer their time, or how how does that come about that you can do that? The entire faculty and those of us who organize it volunteer our time. Nobody's getting paid for this conference. And uh, Catherine Ryan Hyde, who wrote the book Pay It Forward, from which the movie was taken, was our yes. first ever keynote. And, um, and with her blessing, we took that term. And once a year, a group of us who are very successful in the publishing industry and in different aspects of the publishing industry come together to pay it forward to aspiring authors. So how many people attend this conference? We don't. We won't take more than 200 reservations because we um, registrations because we keep a one to six faculty student ratio. A one on one. How nice. That's really great. I yeah. I think this is. Um, I really appreciate your doing that and putting it out there for people. So it's October 27th, 29th in La Jolla. It's $395. Where do they go to register for that? They go to LaJollaWritersConference.com or they call me. 
Okay, LaHoyaWritersConference.com. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not done. Okay, we're not done with our conversation here in the garden. We are going to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how you feel these pitfalls that, that their people run into and, and as an author can also spill over into everyday life. So we can bring this to people who are non-authors because I'm looking at, at taking notes when we're talking about how to hone your, hone your craft also applies to life as well. So we're going to sure take does. a break right now. Yeah, we're going to take a break right now and then we'll come back with Antoinette right after the break. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the gardens where we're talking with... uh, the organizer of the La Jolla Writers Conference, Antoinette Kurtz. And she's also going to talk to us about, the, she's been talking to us about the pitfalls of, of being a writer and how to avoid those. And those things, I was taking some notes here, also apply to life. So, Antoinette, how can we learn what it takes, how can we take what, what you're teaching about learning, what it takes to publish a book, and use that in our everyday life? How can that be helpful with us? 
that aren't well, writers? If we're going to move ahead in life, first we have to define our goals. We have to know what they are. You know, I'll, I'll tell a writer, sit down and, and define what you're writing and who you're writing to, who your audience is, who your readers are, and who your buyers are. For example, if you're writing a children's book, your readers are children, but your buyers are educators and parents. See what I mean? So no matter what your goal is in life, whatever you're trying to do, you've got to, dis- you've got to define it really carefully, and you've got to define how you want to, if, if it's a business goal, how you're going to pursue success, Defining things is really important. And then there's discipline. Um, It's not enough to know what you want. You need to know how you're going to get to where you want to be. And then you have to have the discipline to make it happen. Yes, how you're going to get there. And um, I'm even thinking in parenting, if you don't have any goals on how you're going to raise your children, um, and we've seen a lot of that going on actually out there, that people don't have any goals and they're just letting things happen then you're not going to have any focus on how to create that in your child to grow up to be a competent part of society so I'm looking at this and it goes all over the boards no matter what you're doing like you said if you're whatever your business is you need to have your goal and know who and why you're doing it who your audience is and that discipline oh my gosh I see I don't know about you Antoinette but I'm seeing so much lack of discipline in the world right now Discipline is missing and focus is missing. Yes. And, and a sense of delayed gratification. People come out of college expecting to be the CEO of a company, you know, and they'll walk into a company and, and expect to remake that company in their vision and, and not understand the, the, what makes it work. It's the same thing with anything you do in life. You need to, you need to be willing to immerse yourself before your opinion's going to be of great value. You need to well, learn. Yes, and you need to um, know where you're going and have some, some, sort of, some sort of direction. And there are steps. You know, whether people like it or not, life has steps to be taken to be successful in your life. And there are, there are rules and steps that are the natural course of life. You look at nature, it has its natural course too. And mm-hmm. whatever's been going on lately, people are throwing that out and thinking there's no rules. There's, I can just do whatever I want to whoever I want. I can say whatever I want to whoever I want and not have any repercussion from that. So I, the idea of discipline, having something where you're disciplined. And as a writer, to just set up a time every day you write. Um, how do you use this in your life? How do you use a form of discipline? How do I personally use it or how do I yeah. recommend people well, use it? No, no. Because is, is it is there any difference on how you're using it in your life and how you recommend people to use it? Sometimes, mainly because sometimes I don't do everything I could do. It, you know, it's really easy to make suggestions and to recommend things and to to know the right way to do things. It's much harder to actually follow through. So oh, you're I human. Think, you're saying yeah, you're human, think, right? <laughs> yep. And I I think yeah. the second thing is to not be thrown when we don't immediately have success. To, um, to take a step back and say, okay, I'm starting again right now. There's, you just don't give up. You, you, you just don't give up. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other, even if it's baby steps sometimes. So not giving up, 
and not expecting immediate success because that's not really the story of everyone. There might be a few people out there who got that, but I don't think, I think most people I know that I look up to, they went through some process to get their success. Yeah, but one year I had Debbie Maycomber, who is arguably one of the most successful women's fiction writers out there. She has over 100 million books in print. And I think it was John Lesquois who's had 20-some-odd New York Times best-selling novels. And I can't remember who the third author was, all as keynotes. And um, I sent them a note saying, I need your keynote titles. And all three of them sent me back some version of... 20 years to overnight success. Wow. You know, yeah. um, think, about, think about your life. Think about, and think about how you've evolved. I don't know how old you are. Uh, you know, I was young when the crust of the earth was cooling. And, um, <laughs> I was there, and, too. <laughs> yeah, and I think back on how I have evolved as a person, how my point of view has evolved. Yes, as my character is still pretty much what it was when I was young. But my point of view has evolved. My um, my flexibility has evolved. I think that's part of maturing. So I think that we also have to have to recognize that if we're alive, if we're truly alive, we're constantly growing. So your flexibility, your flexibility as um, what does that what does that mean? Antoinette? Um, you've you've got to be willing to go with the flow. Uh, I'll give you an example from my own life. I had a, in 1991, I had a very, very severe toxic injury. In 1994, I was told I was never going to recover. In fact, my, the prognosis was I would have a very, very short lifespan. My doctor told me this because he was, he was a very close friend. He told me this while he was holding my hands and, he, and tears were streaming down his face. Um, uh. At that point, I decided, well, I can't go back to teaching because because you have to be 150% to be in the classroom and, and do a good job with your kids. You owe them that. So I went and I became a bookseller for $4.85 an hour. I immersed myself in something I loved that was an alternative to something I loved. And within six months, I was healing, and I, was, um, I became a community relations um, coordinator for a major bookstore chain, and within five years of that, I had my own business. So, doing you, something you, you love actually expanded your life. It extended your life by doing something that you loved. It sure did. It sure did. Yeah. The point being, I, I had a choice. I could have gone home and started to cry and said, "I wish I could still teach. I love teaching," or I could simply say, "Number one, I, I'm not giving up on my health," and number two. I'm not giving up on life. I'm going to go do something else. So people got to be willing to go with the flow. People are downsized yeah. all the time. I mean, the last eight years, eight to ten years, have been so hard on people being downsized, finding their jobs were were gone, the, their careers were gone. So what do you do? Do you do you sit back and and go into a five year depression, or do you just say, okay, what's next for me? Yeah. So. That's where people can get stuck in their story. And if they get the stuck in their story, they can't move anywhere. They can't grow. They can't make something new happen. But you mm-hmm. looked and you asked, what's next for me? Um, and then all of this has come from this, out of this change. That's so inspiring that you get to share that with other people now, too, that you went through that. Um, that's one of the 
when we get to hit pitfalls and we talk about pitfalls, some of those pitfalls, if you can use those pitfalls to teach others how you went through it and how they can get through it. Um, I interviewed someone not very long ago who told me that nothing ever went wrong and her life was perfect. It was the hardest interview I've ever done, quite honestly, because there was, <laughs> there was, there was no communication. It was like flatlining. I felt like I was having a flatline conversation. <laughs> this conversation and, and was probably flatlined. <laughs> she lives a pretty flatlined life. Life is full of ups and downs. The, the 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 give and the take, the yin and the yang. It's just chock full of it. And and how do you how do you know how do you know joy if you don't feel sorrow? You don't. You you have to have the opposite of anything. To you got to be hungry. You know to know what it feels like to be full. And sometimes you know this brought just kind of a, a story a little bit off this, but not too far. Is I picked up a hitchhiker once who was who was told me he wasn't homeless, he was houseless. And I said, how is it to go hungry? I would never want to go hungry. He goes, I enjoy food more. Sometimes you need to go hungry to understand mm-hmm. what it feels like to really eat. And, yep. And, and that's the part of what you're saying. You, you, you lost something to gain something more. And when you're talking, when we're talking about these new people coming out, these new kids, and they're thinking they just should jump right into this. I had my own children say, "I want everything you've got now." Well, I had to work for that. We all have to work for that. Yep. How old are your kids? Um, I'm I'm 55, so I've got a 35 year old. They're all having birthdays here this this last month. They just had one, so. They're all turning over. I've got 29 to 35 years old. And, you know, and... Mine are 38 to 46. Yeah, you just don't walk into it. We didn't just walk into it. People in our area, they earned what they're getting. They they earned and worked forward forward for it. So mm-hmm. I love I love this conversation we're having. I like the way it's turned. Um, can, you, can you give someone some advice that might be stuck in their story? Recognize that it's a story. Recognize, you know, if you're feeling like people don't love you enough, the people who matter to you don't love you enough, if you're feeling unappreciated at work or at home, in whatever it is that's got you down, um, step back and, and realize that you might be living in your head and, um, and what can you do to get out of it. What can, it's your own job. It's your job to make yourself happy. It's your job yep. to appreciate yourself. And the more you appreciate yourself, the more you're able to appreciate others. And the more you appreciate others, the more others appreciate you. It's, it, wow. Life is a boomerang. Life yes. has, everything is a boomerang. What you put out is what you get back. If you're putting out depression and anger and hurt, you're going to get depression, anger, and hurt back. If you put out happiness, you're going to get happiness back. Well, anyone out there who's looking at and wanting to write a book and know more about that, um, I want you to go and look up uh, Antoinette's uh, work and her conference. Antoinette, tell us again where they can go and find out about you. It's La Jolla, L-A-J-O-L-L-A, writersconference.com. Um, everything for, 2000, for the 2017 conference, of course, isn't up yet because we're still putting the schedule together and putting the faculty together. But you can look at past keynotes and see just what kind of people we bring to the conference. Um, and, uh, and I'm and also, there's also strategiespr.com, which is our, our book publishing arm. 
It's where we, it's the company through which we give book, book publishing and writing and development advice. Well, and you also have brought a lot of speakers on the radio here for me from your from your strategies.com. So you help writers get out there as well. We do. We do everything yeah. from, right now I'm working with a man who had an idea for a book, and I'm helping him flesh out the idea of his book. Basically, I'm acting as a writing coach with him. We do everything from from idea sharing about books through the publication of books through the PR and marketing of them. Wonderful. So the La Jolla um, Book Writers Conference is October 27th to 29th, and you said it's $395, and only 200 people can be in that conference. So it's important as soon as you find out about it to go register for it. Thank that you, it is. Ant- Great. Antoinette, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to join us in the garden today. Thank you for having me, and I love where the conversation went, and it's one mom to another. Um, yeah. Congratulations on raising great kids. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, congratulations to you, too. Thank you. Okay, Best for accomplishment everyone, in the world. It is. It is. It's a beautiful job to have had. So um, for everyone out there listening, this um, I just want to say that I have learned so much from being on the radio this last year, and I want to thank you for listening. I remember how nervous I was when I started. And I want you to know that I am taking a break from the radio, so this will be the last show right now for a little while. But you can go back and re-listen to these um, in the archives of Voice America. And go to soulhealerspath.com and see what we're doing with the video and how we're going into television. And I want to thank everyone at Voice America for all the help they've given me. The staff there is amazing. Their engineers and everyone and, and their uh, producers have been so helpful. I just wanted to let you know that I'm not just leaving but I will be taking a sabbatical and be coming back. So until you hear from me again, may the light of love be with you. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Empowerment Channel. 